It's the DC Tweet Team Podcast. I'm Jonathan Oswin, of course, joined, uh, as always, uh, by my friend Maurice Hawkins. And look, last weekend was the wild card weekend in the NFL, and we got to see both the Eagles and the Cowboys take massive L's, which couldn't have made us any happier, right? <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, and, and we got to see the Cowboys just kind of really melt down. I, I thought, wait, wasn't it earlier this season that uh, uh, Mike McCarthy was calling out Ron Rivera and the Washington football team and, and saying that they were destined for the Super Bowl uh, there in Dallas? And, well, yeah. How'd that work out for you? I wonder if they're going to take those benches, um, you know, those losers <laughs> benches on their, um, at the, wherever they're going for their vacation, what Cancun, maybe Acapulco, the Bahamas, maybe they'll go join them with uh, Dan Snyder on the yacht. So anyway, no NFC East teams will advance <laughs> to the playoffs. So couldn't get out the wild card. And we're going to talk about it here. So, Maurice, how you doing? It's Thursdays, 844. We got, what, a weekend ahead of us of uh, of football? Yeah, got some amazing... Got some amazing games coming up. Uh, definitely enjoyed the first uh, weekend of uh, NFL playoffs. Super wild card weekend. Super three wild di- card. Three, three days of football. Uh, three days of playoff football. I loved Very it. Very exciting. Yeah. I loved it. I mean, we we had snow here in Charlotte, you know? So, I mean, <laughs> whenever it snows in uh, the Carolinas, unless you're in the mountains, it pretty much shuts down the whole state. And... Uh, <laughs> So there's nothing you can do but to sit around on the couch and watch uh, football, and it was a great time. And there's nothing better than to sit down and watch your rivals lose. Uh, First the the Eagles and then the Cowboys. I I have to tell you that uh, I experienced pure happiness and joy watching the Cowboys lose, and not as much as just seeing them lose on the field, which was delightful, but – just seeing these sad and disappointed and distraught faces of Cowboys fans <laughs> that paid their good hard-earned money to watch that team lose on national television against the 49ers. And what did, what did you think of all the videos where the fans threw they were throwing trash at the officials and the players? I mean, you know, I, I think it's all par for the course with uh, Dallas Cowboys fans. Like, they live in an alternate reality. They live in the Cowboys industrial complex. system. I mean, every year is their year. Like, there's so <laughs> the NFL and so many other entities attached to uh, professional football are just are just invested in the Cowboys being successful. And, like, if, if had it not been for any other team, if it was the Seahawks – or the Lions or the Falcons. We'd have been like, oh, they lost. See you next year. But because it's the Cowboys, there's the some. I know. I, the playoffs. I, I was just literally pull, pulling um, some uh, <laughs> names, names out of my hat. Reality. Yeah, that is serious alternate reality. But um, you know, they just like there, like there's this whole like propaganda campaign to make Dallas to be a, a more formidable team than they actually are. And when we had our, our show last week with the. Uh, uh, the, the ladies sports. from yeah, Girl Chat Sports, uh, Mo and Mel, um, you know, shameless plug for us. Um, I, uh, 
I told everybody what was going to happen. You know, I was Nostradamus. I said that San Francisco was, was a good team, that they were only two years removed from NFC in the playoffs, and they were going to run the ball and be physical and beat Dallas. And I was right, you know. Um, so, you know, gold star for me. And I hate everything blue and silver. I'm glad they lost. I'm glad their fans felt misery. I want them to suffer every year because I'm an East hater and I embrace it. I don't understand the videos of the fans breaking their TVs. Like, no, there was that one guy that like had the big like uh, uh, CRT or or the reverse projection TV that really Mm -hmm. probably should have been at the dump about a decade ago. Like I saw that earlier in the season, you know, where the guy like smashed the TV, but there was a lot of Cowboys fans that smashed some flat panels and maybe they're the old 720 or maybe they're, they upgraded. Maybe there's a 4k sitting in the background, but I just don't get it. Like what, what part of you decides to destroy your stuff because the football team that you root for is uh not good oh, i mean we knew they were not good because they never had beaten a team kind of like the eagles right the eagles mm-hmm. got where they are because they had their like a pathetic schedule and the cowboys had the same thing you know washington went up against really tough teams all season long and uh you know i mean seven wins is or six yeah seven wins i mean that that's not I take it as like the Cowboys and the Eagles won as many playoffs games as the Giants and the and the Washington football team. So I I don't count that what they did either any of those teams this season is you know any better or worse than than the other. Um because you can't make it out the playoffs, you're not doing anything. So I did think though the Eagles, you know, the Eagles had that run game and uh against the bucks and and once you saw you know the eagle uh, the bucks start having injuries on their offensive line they lost their left tackle or their, their sorry the right tackle you saw ryan kerrigan start to eat i think he had like a couple sacks like almost back to back it was good to see ryan kerrigan i think get to i mean even though he's, he's wearing the the dreaded eagles colors i i was rooting for him at that point i didn't want him to win <laughs> but I was, ha- you know, good to see RK get out there and 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 flex and do the showstopper, right? Like, yeah, yeah. How'd, yeah. You, how'd you feel about old RK out there having the best game of his of his Eagles career? Well, you know, I mean, even though uh, if there's a way where I can root for Ryan Kerrigan to have a good game, but the Eagles lose, I'm I'm, I'm all for that. I mean, I mean, we can't erase his contributions, you know. No. At, uh, with with our team, you know, and. I'm pretty sure when you know his his career is over with, he'll retire uh, a member of the Washington football so. team. Asterisk, asterisk, asterisk. Whatever will be um, <laughs> when he uh, uh, finally retires. But you know, it was good to see him perform and everything like that. But again, it's like uh, I think the one thing I would say about the Eagles versus the Cowboys is that the reaction to Jalen Hurts' performance um, um, and the Eagles lost. It was radically different than the reaction to Dak Prescott and the Cowboys lost. And like the, um, I think the uh, the general manager for the Eagles came out um, rather emphatically and said that hey, that Jalen Hurts has earned a starting job based off how he performed this year. And I mean, I don't think there was any expectations for uh, Jalen Hurts coming into the season. I mean, he clearly was better. Was. 
was. I mean, well, to be better than Carson Wentz, which was not, you know, uh, asking a lot. Sure. But, I mean, I, but I think the fact that, you know, they played some quality football, you know, they were consistent uh, most of the season and, you know, they made the playoffs. I mean, that was a win for the, the Eagles, even though they didn't beat the defending Super Bowl champions. The Cowboys, on the other hand, you know, that that is some pixie dust that Mary Pops and Mary Poppins going on down there in uh, North Texas. I mean, those guys, I mean, they're so thirsty to win a Super Bowl, but they're clearly not a Super Bowl caliber team um, yet. You know, maybe they will be. I don't know. I mean, that receiving core is still relatively young and everything like that. But I mean, I just find I just find like Cowboys fans, Jerry Jones, and that whole Cowboys apparatus to be delusional right now. And I'm glad the 49ers beat them. Like I look, I was happy. Like I, I was happy like I had fresh pizza out the oven, you know, <laughs> you know, and I was starving. You know, I just it was just I was just happy to see them lose because if they had won, oh my God, our yeah. our our social media platforms would have just been invaded with blue and silver madness. Oh yeah. I mean, it was their year and how could you not? So the fact that they did lose it, it felt good. It felt right. They were Mm -hmm. fraudulent. Yeah. And uh, I, I think that's okay. Like it's good that they lost. I don't think that there was, let's not put it past it. Like the Cowboys and the Eagles, especially like the Eagles were a team up until two weeks ago, or, or yeah, I guess two weeks ago. I mean, Washington was the sixth and seventh seed. Like yeah. it was Washington's and then, you know, they, the team just fell apart. So the Eagles mm-hmm. got, got in there and I, I don't know what you do there because, you know, you basically have a quarterback who is, you don't want him to throw the ball. Mm-hmm. And we all know that, I mean, sure, they've got an amazing running game and they found a system that worked for them and they they won a few games, but I I just don't think that that's the future. Um, I think they found what worked this year, right? Like, we're going to win some games and this is how we're going to do it. I don't know that that necessarily that, that that's a winning formula, but maybe they go, they just lean into it. And well, until I, they find a quarterback they like. And uh, I just, I don't see, you you tell me, but if I am, you know, I mean, we'll talk about, you know, kind of all the, the speculation around quarterbacks. But, I mean, if I'm a big free agent quarterback, I don't know that I'm going to Philly. Um, You know, because, first of all, it's Philadelphia. Yeah, that's true. I mean, it's... A- AKA raccoon city. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, basically you're in Delaware. Yeah. Um, and so, I mean, are you, is this really where you want to be? Uh, and then you got a fan base that will turn on, but I guess our fan base turns on everybody too. Not like I the mean, Eagles. Yeah. The Eagles definitely love to do it. I, I have not <laughs> looked at their draft, like how much cash they have. I feel like there was a few teams where it's not great. And <laughs> I want to, I know the Panthers are one of them. Mm-hmm. Um, but I believe there was one of the NFC East teams and maybe the giants that are, um, not doing well in the, um, in the, uh, in, you know, we've got like $60 million to spend as Washington, but I don't think they do. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm not surprised by anything this week, but anything we saw last weekend, I just, am uh, I'm ready for this weekend. I think this is where it starts to get, where it starts to get serious. 
Um, this week, though, we had some interesting developments. Uh, Mike Silver, who has been writing for WashingtonFootball.com, which is kind of crazy, right? Because he's a, a national reporter. Um, and we typically get guys like Mike Silver, who's just like uh, pooing all over this team, to put it mildly. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, for him to come and write like our staff writers who, you know, they kind of like, no no offense to them, but I mean, they're kind of puff pieces. Like, mm-hmm. I'm sure, Mo, Maurice, I'm sure you remember a few years ago, there was that uh, story that they put out, I think Jake uh, Crane Sefrols wrote, where it was, um, re- we had like the best third quarterback in the NFL, and it was like about Rex Grossman. Oh, God. <laughs> I think that must be like 2010 or 2009. Mm-hmm. It was hilarious. Like they wrote a whole article about like nobody's got a better third quarterback than Washington. So that's the typical stuff we we get out of the team, as you might expect. I mean, that's super puff piece. Like that's it was like pretty bad. That's like that's like uh, what is that guy? Uh, 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 the owner of My Pillow. You know what I'm saying? Oh, that, oh, geez, that, yeah, Mike that, Lindell. That, what is yeah. he? Yeah, yeah. That's, that's how puffy of a puff piece that He's is. Got his own, uh, my pillow. Um, but Mike Silver, you know, I think the interesting thing about Mike Silver, though, is that he has a personal relationship with Ron Rivera. They were college mm-hmm. roommates, so they've been friends. They actually mm-hmm. are legit friends. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, like, I know you probably have friends like you will talk to, and whether it's on or off record or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know, like, I've got friends here in town that are reporters and we talk real Mm -hmm. estate stuff a lot. Um, and I'll tell them things that like, you know, I'll tell them and then I'll tell them, okay, I can't tell you this, but this is what I'm going to tell you. It's kind Mm -hmm. of like put this out here, but you know, you can't attribute it to me. This can just be something they term it on background, right? Like I'll give you background. And I wonder because his story which didn't have any quotes in it, but just kind of had like a a hint of like what's to come. It's like Washington was going to go all in on every free agent, big free agent. Like I don't think that Washington wants like these kind of nubby free agents, but I mean <laughs> these big free agent quarterbacks. And I wonder, I mean, are guys that we know that we that that are out there that you can really talk about, right? Are Deshaun Watson. Mm-hmm. And it seems like there's so much speculation. There's a lot of smoke around Russell Wilson mm-hmm. um, that maybe, you know, maybe that's smoke. Maybe that's, maybe that's fire. Um, but it seems like there's a lot out there. What do you make that, I mean, or, or, or is, I guess, what do you make of it? Or is this just Mike Silver stating the obvious that Washington needs a quarterback and heck yeah, they're going to go after everybody because that's what you need them to do. Right. Well, I think part of the thing with this uh, quarterback situation is number one is that they, they do need to go after everybody because I think that like their strategy for 2021 did not work. Right. So the strategy of 2021, okay, let's, uh, bring in Ryan Fitzpatrick. He's a veteran. He's had some success in the NFL as a journeyman. You know, he'll be like a bridge quarterback. 
you know, will build uh, some supporting pieces around for the next quarterback, which we will either dra- will draft uh, this year, hoping that they could potentially, you know, be a, a better team, you know, maybe, you know, make the playoffs at the seventh seed or, you know, win the division again. That totally fell apart, right? But, you know, we I mean, ended. But that wasn't the fault of Ryan Fitzpatrick. No, no, it, I no, mean that no, was no, his injury. Yeah, right? well, it, yeah. I mean, he was injured. I mean, like it wasn't his fault. I mean, he got hurt, so it's not like he it wasn't performance driven. Was that, Fitz. I mean, I don't know that that plan was. I don't know that you could say that plan was faulty. Well, I mean, it, it, I mean, it, maybe it wasn't faulty, but it didn't, it didn't see it didn't come to the light of day because he got hurt. So at <laughs> well, the I end, mean, of, but so did Alex Smith, right? Yeah, so yeah, Alex Smith too. So, so the two times that we've we've tried that, you know, it has not worked. So I think that right now is like the team is in such dire straits right now to really elevate itself from the seller of the NFL. Like, like you know, I think you reported a couple of weeks ago that we're second to last to um, second o- uh, only to uh, Jacksonville in 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 the lowest season attendance in the oh, NFL. Yeah, I mean- you know, we're, we're we're battling it out there. I mean, we're having yeah. a royal rumble with Jacksonville on right. people not wanting to come to the game. Yeah. Right. So but that's that, not a surprise. Just go to the that, game. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I, I say all that to say that they definitely have to swing for the fences. And and I think I mean Silver, maybe he's putting some breadcrumbs out there. But I think what my line of thinking when it comes to these issues as it relates to whether it's the draft, free agency, what uh trade, what whatnot. I'm wait, I want to wait and see what happens. Like I like I'm just not, not going to lose my mind speculating and chasing every rabbit down a rabbit hole. Like oh well, uh, uh, Russell Wilson was seen at uh, Union Station with Sierra, <laughs> you know, or Aaron Rodgers, you know, stopped at BWI, you know, to meet with Marty Herney. I'm like I'm just not doing that. Like for me, let me wait to hear breaking news that Washington has signed X, Y, and Z. And I, I and I think that. You know, especially with this new team name that's about to be uh, unveiled, you know, they need a player that can sell that. And I think that a rookie quarterback, especially with this class of rookie quarterbacks, because there's not really one that people, we're not, there, there isn't a uh, Sean Watson or Trevor Lawrence or Joe Burrow type of quarterback coming out in this draft that people are salivating over. So I think a veteran QB that's an upper echelon QB where you throw a lot of money at them is going to be a way to go to, you know, help with the rebrand and also put them in a, a place of, to be competitive in 2022. Yeah. I mean, look, I am no scout and I think we should, we're going to talk to so many scouts and so many folks that are um, experts on all these quarterbacks. I don't know how it seems like every year we come out and we say, this is the worst quarterback draft. And then look what happens. <laughs> like every right. year it's the worst quarterback. Like come freaking on. Mm-hmm. Like I, I, I personally don't buy it at all because every year, you know, you got guys who are on teams that may not be very good. Um, but then here you go. They, um, you know, like their, their college team, like, Uh, If you follow me on on Twitter, you'll know, like, I have been railing against Washington signing Malik Willis. Mm -hmm. And every time that I see somebody gets excited about Malik Willis, I go and I poo on their thoughts. Because (laughs) I went, look, I went to Liberty, right? Mm -hmm. Like, I get Liberty. 
Um, now, granted, I went to Liberty like eons ago, like 20 years ago. So it's probably not fair. But I recognize the fact that Liberty plays schools like Campbell and the Virginia School for the Deaf and Blind. And so, like, not only does Malik Willis, is he the best player on Liberty's team? He's the best player on every team they play, with the exception of maybe when they go and they face, like, LSU or Arkansas. or Like, they'll play, like, one or two, like, actual teams a year. And then they'll go play, like, you know, Gardner-Webb or, you know, whatever. Like, Middle Tennessee Southern Extension. Like, they don't play quality teams. And so, as a result, like, Malik Willis is a talent who can throw the ball super far and can outrun everybody on the field. But that doesn't mean that that those things translate into a quarterback because in the NFL, because he's a guy that you have to probably work on. Like Dwayne Haskins could throw the ball 90 yards and it doesn't mean he's, (laughs) he didn't work out here, you know? Yeah. Um, You know, Malik Willis, I think what was he at LSU? Um, and then didn't work out, so he, he transferred to Liberty. And, of course, look at him there. I mean, he's done well. And, of course, he's going up against wide receivers that that are, you know, I mean, the kids don't go to Liberty because they want to go to, like, they're like, ooh, Liberty. Like, it's kind of <laughs> like one of those things, like, you're going to loser's prom. And, um, and I'm sorry, like, if you're like a big Liberty fan, you know, the truth. Like, Yeah. Yeah. We're, yeah, we're, we're losing our Liberty university alumni subscriptions <laughs> by the well, minute. By I, mean, the I, I don't know. Maybe we'll talk to Hugh freeze. Like I have a lot of respect for Hugh freeze. I hate the school. I think the school's mm-hmm. garbage. Um, mm-hmm. but that's only my personal gripe against them <laughs> <laughs> from 20 years ago. But I just, I like, that's my fear with a lot of these guys. And so, but it doesn't mean that he won't be good. Like last season, we said that all those quarterbacks wouldn't be any good. And look, one of them went to the playoffs. I mean, technically, I guess two of them are in the playoffs because one of them's not playing right now at, uh, you know, in San Francisco. But I, I mean, you know, you kind of have to take the good with the bad. But as right. far as the off season for the Washington football team, you've got kind of like three big things happening, right? We got the name. You got maybe you talk about a stadium because that needs to get done pretty soon. That yeah. you you announce where the stadium is going to be, and then you got to get a, a quarterback that gets people fired up to show up week one and buy season tickets and and hopefully set your franchise up for success so you can re-sign your guys like Terry McLaurin and and you get Deami Brown productive. So. Which I think of the that, th- well, oh, go ahead. No, I, th- I just what you're saying right there, like everything you just said, just from a logic and critical thinking standpoint, points to veteran quarterback. It does not point to drafting a rookie quarterback, too, because that is a Herculean responsibility for the face of the, the face of the franchise to manage. You know, you know that you just put out there. I mean, the stadium piece, the quarterback has nothing to do with that. But as far as you know, it, it does because you got to get people to show up to your stadium. Well, that's true. That's you true. Go build that's a, true. Uh, a even if you build a sixty thousand seat stadium, the last thing you right. want to do is have thirty thousand Eagles fans sitting there right. looking at you. Yeah, but I mean, I think you, when you look at like the NFL right now, like if you look, like for example, if you look at the teams that are in the playoffs right now, right? You look at the AFC, Ryan Tannehill. 
Tennessee Titans have been consistently in the playoffs. I mean, I think this is like their third or fourth. Yeah, uh, but I mean, they got they got the best running back in the NFL. I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, he's. I mean, I mean Travis you know, Henry's amazing. Yeah, we would be in, in the playoffs. We just hand off to Travis Henry. Everybody. I mean, he's like the closest thing to the juggernaut from the X Men that we see in the. In, yeah, in, I mean, they're gonna rename Walter Payton Award the Travis Henry Award. Yeah. Um. So you have them. Of course, you have uh, Patrick Mahomes with Kansas City, and we all know what they've done. You got Josh Allen with the Bills, you know what they've done, and you got Joe Burrow who is now, you know, the new kid on the block, but that guy can play, you okay, know, well, what you just mentioned three guys that were drafted. Right. And one that was a free agent, right? Three guys. Yeah. So you think that Washington now, if and look at who, who else is Packers and 49ers. Well, Garoppolo, we know that he was from Patriots. It was a trade right. free agent. I guess kind of we'll, we'll put him in the free agent category, even though it was a yeah. trade mm-hmm. uh, Packers. Aaron Rodgers was a draft. Yeah. Stafford was a trade. Brady was a free agent, breast free agent acquisition of all time of all time. <laughs> but as far as the bills, Josh Allen and the chiefs, I'm sorry. I, the way I see it, you've got what? One, two, one, two, three, four. Well, Maybe I'm not making my point. I, I was going to say, like, it seems like that the majority of the teams, I mean, even looking back the last weekend, I mean, you had both the NFC East teams, they drafted their quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. Um, Kyler Murray with the Cardinals, that was draft. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I, I don't know. I, I agree with you that I think that Washington wants to go and get somebody right now. Mm-hmm. But I feel like we've been trying to do the right now thing for 20 years with, well, but, with Jeff yeah. George as our quarter. Like you remember that debacle? I mean, yeah. I mean, I feel like at some point we go, we give this guy a shot with last time we gave anybody a real chance and he, and he lived up to the hype and, and I'm not saying he comes back was Kirk cousins. Right. Um, and, and I'm not saying he needs to come back to Washington cause he's, he's trash. Yeah. Uh, here. Um, I don't, I think he's oil and water with, uh, with Ron Rivera. And I think yeah. with this organization, um, in the fan base, I don't know yeah. if anybody shows up for Kirk cousins. They would, they would boo him mercilessly for right. what he did and what he said and did the opposite. But I think that the, because it seems like to me and, and it, it has to be a fan, a fan has to get on board, right? Like, you have a quarterback that may take two years to develop. And this is year three of Ron Rivera. Are you willing to give up next season to a development quarterback? And then maybe next year be that year of run where you've got all your other players where, you know, you're, you're basically sacrificing another year of development of chase young, a month sweat, or, you know, another year of cheap, Terry McLaurin, another year of, of, uh, Cam curl. Like you've got a young roster that if you plugged in a quarter, a free agent quarterback right now, you could obviously go and possibly win, but you're not gonna be able to win long-term, yeah. right? Cause he's going to get too expensive or too old or too broken in right. the case of Ryan Fitzpatrick, or you go get a quarterback that you draft and you may have to set him for a year. And now you wasted everyone's time. 
I, so you draft a quarterback and let him sit behind uh, Ryan Caleb. Fitzpatrick. Bring him back. Okay, but does he want to come back with his bionic hip? I don't know. Um, I mean, he looked good in, in the Bills uh, up at the Bills game. Oh, you know, no shirt, shirt chest like, hairs out there. That ooh, that looked good. Yeah, man. I mean, he was As definitely a fellow hairy man. Like <laughs> seeing him with his chest hairs out there and. <laughs> And go, I, I was, I, I, at that point, I think I said, I want to see Ryan Fitzpatrick back in Washington. And I saw there were some people that were really like, he took us for a ride. I can't believe that. He was stealing from the organization. I'm like, Shots none fired. of that is true. <laughs> none of that. No part of anybody, and especially like I've just turned 40 and every morning I wake up and something new hurts. I yeah. get out of the car and I like, I struggle the last thing that you do when you're up there is you want to be hurt. So, yeah. no, he did not take $10 million and run away. He, did, he probably really wanted to go out there and play yeah. and earn his keep and earn well, he, possibly another contract. He has 800 kids or whatever that he's got to pay for. Yeah. Or is, am I thinking of uh, Philip Rivers? <laughs> I am. I am thinking oh, of Philip oh, like that, Man, that's like a... Let's call him. It's, yeah, <laughs> he ain't come back. Andrew Luck looked good <laughs> well, in that national championship game with yeah. his mustache. Well, I think this is like the classic example of a conundrum, right? Like because what does Washington this is what every do? team faces, right? Yeah, every team is facing this. Yeah. So the thing about the thing about it, about the NFL, like this whole notion of development, is like almost like a lost art form, right? Because you know the fan base, every fan base wants to win. Now, right? Everybody every fan, wants to win now. Everyone, every owner, every fan. Like, yeah, I get it. Washington fans, we're tired of wait. We went twenty years to win now. Yeah, right. Like, when's our turn? <laughs> yeah. Well, I think that's the. I think that's the unfortunate spot for Coach Rivera because I. I mean, obviously, he wants to, you know, rebuild the team, and and he's and I have he to has. give him Team super young. Yeah. I mean, I, I have to give him credit. I mean, he has managed expectations, even though when we start, we take the ball run with they're like, Super Bowl, because we were 7-9 and and won the NFC East yeah. to Coach Rivera's first year. He's like, settle down, settle down. You know, we just yeah. took advantage yeah. of people get upset. I, I can't stand when people get, when they're, you know, like I, there are folks that, mm-hmm. you know, on our Facebook, they would say stuff like, you know, like, happy birthday, Coach. Like, I'm like, the post, happy yeah. birthday, Coach. Mm-hmm. You know, and they're like, you should you should get out of town. We need to get rid of you. I'm like, really? You want to go back to three and thirteen? Right. Like, give me a break. Right. Like this team has had so many holes and so many issues. Like, let's just that's the most stabilizing force we've had here. Yeah. Well, um, I mean, I think I think I mean the one thing I would say is that if you know, I think, you know, Daniel Snyder and Tanya Snyder are smart. I mean, they let him, you know, complete oh, his contract. You know what I'm saying? Let him finish the contract because again, like he's he is laying a foundation. He is the I mean the, the the team right now is functioning as a normal NFL team. Like yeah. you know, you know, I mean, you don't hear. I mean, he's not pulling an Urban Meyer and making it rain in the club. You know, <laughs> I mean, that's, I mean, he's I mean, he's a serious man that is serious about putting uh, a winning product on the field and. Um, you know, I know that we have not. I mean, and he's won a division title within the first two years. I mean, I know it's it would be that not that because we, we didn't win, have a winning season, but he, yeah, I, I don't mean, care about that. You know, yeah. you won, you won, you beat the team you're supposed to beat, you won there, right? Yeah. So you won the division, doesn't matter. I yeah. don't care this whole like, oh, it was a, a seven win, another seven win. Uh, who cares? 
Yeah. You know, like I, that, that doesn't phase me one bit. Yeah. Did you beat who you're supposed to beat? If the answer is yes, you, you were successful. Right. This year was no. Yeah. We only beat one team. We we're supposed to beat. We we're supposed to beat three of them. Yeah. Um, we beat the giants and we beat them handily. And yeah. on that a plus. Yeah. Um, yeah, so Eagles and the Eagles look we're up against with uh, what Garrett Gilbert, you know, so yeah, what nothing you can do about that. What I mean, my thing is one would argue that if Taylor Heineken played in both of those games against the Eagles, we would have split with one of them, you know. I think Taylor would have done better. I mean, Garrett Gilbert was uh, a lambda slaughter. I mean, yeah, I, I, it's just one of those things where it was just unfortunate the and situation, we were and then and then he had to go play Dallas like four days later, like, yeah, it was garbage. And we were competitive um, yeah. against the Eagles with um, Gilbert. So I know, which was crazy. Yeah. So it just goes to show how much of a fraud that the Eagles were. <laughs> they got I, I, I am in. I'm in Coach Rivera's corner. Uh, I think that he's. Uh, uh, you know, you could. I, I'm not a guy for hot takes. I think hot takes are lazy. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that though he is somebody who has provided stability organization that needed it. And, um, and he will continue to do that. And mm-hmm. if you don't think that because he's not showing enough emotion or, or any of this other nonsense that, uh, people try to get you worked up about, like it, it doesn't matter. He clearly knows what's going on. He knows mm-hmm. he's got people in place that are making decisions and are trying to make the best decisions possible. Like mm-hmm. you can fault Scott Turner and all that other stuff. Like, Scott Turner's playing a backup quarterback all mm-hmm. season long. And we got seven, seven wins. Like, you know, you can fault the defense for not playing good, but we're also not with our starters Yeah, and they need to figure out what, who they want to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think we probably need some veteran presence on that defensive line. Like, uh, uh, uh that defensive, the defensive ends. I, 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 I hope that we end up seeing maybe, you know, maybe RK comes back to DC mm-hmm. on his on a on a one year deal. Maybe he he comes back to provide some some leadership there because these guys this year has just been I, I think a real disappointment. Well, um, it, you could you could definitely say that neither Montez Sweat or Chase Young really matched their quality of play in the no. 2020 season. I mean, I mean, you know, and I think Rivera know, will get rid of them if, if he feels like they're not progressing. Well, my thing is, is that I think that, because here's the thing about it too. Like, you know, do we let Deron Payne go? And then, I mean, we still have a quality rotation with uh, Matt Ioannidis and Tim Settle, you know, along with John Allen. So I think Settle's going to cost you a ton. You think so? I think so. I mean, even though, like, look, he's a rotational player, but I mean, mm-hmm. every time he gets in there, he's impactful. Right. Um, kind of like how Ionitis, when he got in mm-hmm. there, he's very impactful. Mm-hmm. So I think Duran's probably the guy that unfortunately is going to find a new home. Yeah. Um, but I mean, he's a quality player. There's yeah. nothing to take away from him. It's just somebody has to go. Yeah, but I don't. I don't see how you could keep him and settle. I I just think financially, settle's going to cost you an arm and a leg. And if you could afford only one of the two, I think you'd probably keep Deron Payne. Yeah, over Tim Settle. I think right. Tim Settle becomes trade bait, mm-hmm. and um, and a very good and and right. nothing against that because he's he's fantastic. Yeah, 
Yeah. But those are some decisions that they're going to, have to make sooner rather than later. I just think that we're we're just in such a, you know, just as a, a I always talk about the morale of the fan base, and they're in such dire straits right now. Like the business side of football escapes a lot of our fans. I mean, player de- I mean, player development escapes a lot of our fans. All they talk about, we've been losing for twenty years, but you know, again. I don't want to look at the past how many years that we've been losing. I want to focus on the Rivera era. That's all I'm concerned about. Yeah, exactly. Thing- None of those guys has ever Tressway were here. Yeah. <laughs> right. Even like Tressway is our most tenured player. Right. Uh, everybody else is gone. Yeah. yeah I'm with I mean, you. You, I mean, and I think the thing about it too is like the, I mean, the decisions that they made. You know, as far as starting Sam Cosme and letting Morgan Moses go, starting uh, Jamin Davis, you know, um, you know, focusing on the youth movement. I mean, I mean, there was definitely some drawbacks to that. But I think that Coach Rivera is I mean, I think the strategy for Washington football and they don't really say this because I think they realize the the the, the fan base, the consumers just doesn't have the appetite, the processes. They are laying a foundation. Like they want the team to be competitive over several years. And you gotta and you gotta transform your roster. And right now, if you look at where Washington is today, roster wise compared to where they were when Coach Rivera took over in the beginning of 2020, we're a much, much younger team. You know, we have we're a much, much more uh deeper team with talent. Um, we're making some great investments across the board. I mean, you think about um, some of the tight ends we're going to have. I mean, you know, Logan Thomas comes back, John Bates, uh, Sammy Reyes. Um, I know I'm missing somebody. Uh, RSJ. Reggie Seals-Jones, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, we got some quality players at that position. You know, I think Diami Brown, you know, will have a better sophomore campaign after having a one-year under the belt. Um, And then again, um, you know, if Curtis Samuel – is is healed up um fairly well in 2022 i mean that's another weapon for us so things could be on the up and up for us and we don't realize it but we i mean but like i always say we got to be patient and i think patience is in short supply with the burgundy and gold fan base i think i think it's with every team like yeah there's no team that can withstand losing and if you feel like that you're not going to if you don't feel like you're going to be successful, you're not going to spend the money on season tickets. Mm-hmm. Um, like I think one of the things that unfortunately we'll probably end up seeing from whatever new stadium comes about, and we'll talk new stadium, but I think like, you know, all the new stadiums have gone to this uh, PSL model. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that a PSL does is it forces you to buy tickets when the team's doing badly. And, you know, we don't have that in Washington. Like you sign up for your, yeah, you'll sign up with your, with your season ticket or it used to be like back in the day, you had to buy like four or five seasons in a, in, in a package. Um, but, you know, you didn't have that, like the ability to buy a ticket, <laughs> like cost on top of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, I see it here with the Panthers, like Matt rule, God bless his heart. Um, that is a guy that I, I think is probably a little over his skis. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, Jay Gruden was here today for mm-hmm. a interview for the offensive coordinator's job. 
Really? Kind of hope he gets it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'd love to have Jay here in Charlotte. I think it would be fantastic. <laughs> oh, I love me some Jay Gruden. Uh, he is he's so great. Like, I don't know. I all the times meeting him at training camp. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was just uh he's he's the guy that you you want to go have a beer with Jay and where our bar is, is right next to the stadium and next to the practice field. So I can You'll probably see him there. I, I mean, we would have him in and he would never buy it. He would never pay for a drink. It would be fantastic. <laughs> um, so I'd love to have some Jay. So Jay, if you listen, if you're listen to the Redskins, uh, our DC tweet team podcast, uh, uh, come hang out with us at Jack Beagles. Um, I didn't see him tonight though. So he wasn't hanging out with us, but I know a bunch of our guys went over to Chima. So maybe he's over there getting some Brazilian steak. <laughs> but <laughs> um, let's talk the new stadium. The new stadium, uh, Washington Post reported that uh, Virginia seems to be uh, opening themselves wide. It's Virginia's for lovers of new stadiums. And <laughs> I guess the consensus is Loudon or Prince William. So Prince William, I guess, would be down like Dale City. I guess wherever mm-hmm. those like uh, those outlet malls are down there, down 95. Yeah, yeah Potomac Mills. Potomac Mills. Yeah, I've ever gone yeah. to Potomac Mills. Uh, like middle school, like to get like my clothes for school for next year. Um, mm-hmm. Going down to Potomac Mills, save a few bucks. Uh, or going out to Loudoun County, I guess. And, and good luck trying to get from Montgomery County to Loudoun County. What a disaster that is. I, I've never realized that pretty much you have to go through. I, actually, I do re- realize you have to basically go through West Virginia to go from Maryland to Loudoun County. Like, there's no way. Um, yeah. And so there needs to be some sort of bridge, which good luck getting that done. Um, And just does it matter to you? Now, I mean, you're in Virginia Beach. I'm in Charlotte, mm-hmm. North Carolina. But, I mean, I love going up to games as much as I can. Um, does it matter where the new stadium is going to you? You think it matters to the fan base? Uh, I think it does matter to the fan base. Uh, but I also would say, you know, what this stadium looks like. Um, it is going to play heavily into that as well. I mean, me personally, I think about, um, you know, how do you market the stadium, right? And I think that the best calling card for marketing for Washington is for that stadium to be in D.C., you know? I agree. I think I think, I, I think it, it being in Dale City would be a failure. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, I mean you, I don't, you might yeah. as well stay, keep it at FedEx Field at that point. I mean, at least you're yeah. close. Well, it's just, I mean, to me, I feel like it's the same situation, right? Because, you know, like, you know, when you think of the stadiums like, uh, Mercedes-Benz Stadium in Atlanta, uh, Bank of America Stadium in Charlotte, which you're familiar with. Um, I mean, like uh, Elysian Stadium in Las Vegas. Uh, you know, st- I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm sure there's others uh, that I can think of. Um, when that stadium is nestled in the downtown area of a metropolitan area and people have, you know, has e- um, ease of access it just transforms the whole game day experience. Like you out in like when you're out in Loudon, like literally the only thing you're going to do is yeah. Yeah. 
go to the game, right? There's, I mean, like, whereas, like, if you go to, like, a Panthers game, you know, you say, hey, let's go grab some beers at this restaurant because you're surrounded by them, you know, and the same thing in Atlanta and the same thing in Las Vegas. Like, I live, yeah. like, when I went to the Raiders game, my hotel I was, like, a half a mile walk from my hotel to the stadium. It was an easy walk. We walked back over, and then, you know, we just, you know, we were in the casino. So I say all that to say that, it's, I mean, building is it's more than just building a stadium. It's building an, an economic ecosystem around the stadium yeah. for businesses to profit from. And I, and I actually, when they, uh, the team was doing some outreach to fans and, I, and, uh, and Jason Wright was on the call, I said to him, like, yo, this stadium has to be a multifunctional stadium. Mm-hmm. It can't just be a stadium for watching the football games. You, you need to be trying to make bids on uh, Final Fours, you know, uh, bowl games, Oh, other sure. sporting events i think know. that they're probably I, I i would be surprised if the new one isn't some sort of dome yeah um i know that uh here so kind of funny that you know both washington and charlotte are um work, working on stadiums because mm-hmm. uh, here um you know bank of america stadium is of course right in uptown charlotte and uh the owner david tepper of the carolina mm-hmm. panthers um just bought a piece of land directly across from the stadium that used to be, or I guess currently is, it's called Charlotte pipe and foundry. It's been there since like mm. the 1920s. Um, and that the pipe and foundry is moving out to uh, Midland, North Carolina. So they're moving mm-hmm. way in the sticks. Um, mm-hmm. But the workers that work there, they all got uh, huge bonuses at the end of the year. And thank yous for being a part of the Charlotte pipe and family uh, foundry family. Because the owners made so much money from the land deal. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they're projected that the stadium here will cost like $2.3, $2.5 billion. Wow. And um, they're thinking about it is something that could hold Super Bowls. It could hold. Uh, like we already have playoffs. We have um, Duke's Mayo Bowl. <laughs> we just had, you know, where they dumped a bunch of mayonnaise on somebody, which is disgusting. Um but we have the ACC SEC uh, battle that that takes place. Mm-hmm. I mean, like UNC uh, Charlotte, like is our local. And I mean, we've got um, Johnson C Smith, like, but we don't really right. have like um, of a major college teams. Yeah, yeah. So we do like regional things, right? Mm-hmm. And like, um, but the idea is that this could be a stadium that could that could function for that purpose. And so, but to do that, you have to have it in. It has to have a dome. Yeah. Um, nobody wants to go and have one of these things where you're sitting outside in late December in January and it possibly like could snow on you, could sleet on you, could ruin the event, could ruin attendance because nobody wants to go show up and sit in the cold. Um, you know, so I think it's one of those things where but this is also um thinking back to what you were saying earlier about it being a ballpark village. Yeah. You know, when you go to the games here in the morning, uh, if anybody's come to Charlotte for any of our events that we've held when Washington has played here, I, have. I mean, our, our, <laughs> our bar is literally right next to the stadium because we're in the flow of traffic. So you go, right. and, uh, you know, they open at 10 AM. You eat, can eat breakfast there. And a lot of people do. They, they come through, they grab breakfast, they slam some drinks, they go to the game. Our folks come in. They watch our game, and then afterwards, you come back and they do it all again. And and you know this, 
um, as I was recapping with our folks at our, um, at our bar, they were saying like, this was the best year they've ever had because of one, because of us Washington football fans being there all season long, but two, it's like they actually had football. Yeah. So it's like, it is a huge, and, and you think that's 50,000 people and a lot of them can come and hang out mm-hmm. and go to your things. If you're out in out in County or, or Dale city, like everything around you is going to be pretty artificial and yeah. nobody's going to want to go like nobody at FedEx field. Like you don't go and hang out at what, what is there? Starbucks? Like what's, what's out there anymore? I mean, there's, um, I mean, there's nothing, I mean, there's nothing, nothing out nothing there. Nothing out there. Up I mean, there's a, I mean, there's like that church over there, and then yeah. there's like some some strip mall that you know, ha, I mean, that has sells products that I will never buy. I mean, like, I mean, the thing about it is, is like when the game is though, with it's like Escape from Alcatraz, right? You just That's like what it is. You're 100 <laughs> percent right. You know, it's just you just want to get the hell out of there and go home. And that's and a I, shame. Yeah, and, and that's yeah. missed opportunity. Like that's I tra- would say, yeah. they would give up. They would be wiser to give up parking mm-hmm. and make parking let people figure out parking as opposed to having a massive parking lot and nothing to do after the game. Right. Right. I don't know. I, I mean, they, I, I they got a lot of work you. to do. I wonder, you know, if the whole name thing, if there does start swaying some people in DC, like that in, in, in Congress, um, you know, cause look, it's an election year. Yeah. Um, 2022 is an election year. So I wonder if some folks in Congress that had been standing in the way of Washington coming back to the RFK site, um, you know, if there may not be something that 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 um, that gets worked out. I mean, if if the Snyders can get enough money available to donate to enough people to get their cause going the right direction uh, right. or, you know, if. DC eventually gets the ability to make their own decision on their own land. Well, I think part of the thing is I would say with Washington is that number one, what uh, DC is the best place for that stadium to be hands down. It's it's, that there's no doubt about it. Number two, what is Washington's political strategy to engage with DC city council and um, the federal government, because, and that's the interesting dynamic with DC, because you have local government and federal government. You know, there is no governor, there is no uh, state legislature. It's just city council of DC and the federal government, and making those, like you said, connections with those folks to say, hey, this is going to be a good thing for the city of Washington, and yeah. this is why. Because again, like if, and I said this to uh, Jason Wright when he had me on his meeting uh, last year. So like, if you guys get that stadium in DC, guess what DC can start doing? DC can bids to host Olympic games. DC can put yeah. in bids to host um, the world cup. We had a world cup in DC back in the, um, the mid nineties, sure. you know, mm-hmm. you could do You could do a bid to do that again. Um, mm-hmm. We're so, trying to get one here. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I agree with you. And if people that say, oh, that'll never happen because nobody wants to do business with the Snyders, um, think about how many how many congressmen and senators have taken donations and done business with the Sacklers. Yeah. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> um, let's see. 
Uh, final thing, I guess, let's get to before we get to this weekend's games is, you know, there's this meme that's running around that um, ESPN's Adam Schefter put out, but then everybody else kind of retweeted a similar and talking about the 2013 Washington football team coaching staff and how many of them are coaching this weekend in the playoffs. And, you know, you've got Matt LaFleur, you've got Kyle Shanahan. And um, um, what do you, what do you make of, um, oh, and Sean McVay, what do you make as, um, you know, there's so many people are trying to make a big deal of this. Like, look at, Look at Washington's big mistake. You let Sean McVay go to the Rams, and he was a tight ends coach, and Matt LaFleur, who was the quarterback's coach back then, um, and then uh, Kyle Shanahan, who was offensive coordinator. Like, what a bunch of dum-dums in Washington. What what do you make of this kind of revisionist history over uh, 3 and 13, 2013 year? I mean, definitely, you know, the, you know, the NFL media apparatus, uh, you know, they're definitely trying to retcon Washington like they knew that these three guys were going to be successful head coaches in the NFL um, at the time. And, you know, I just think it's just another way of them trolling Washington, right? Like, I mean, Washington is like the gift that keeps on giving, right? You can poke fun at them. You know, you can write BS um, stories. Um, you know, push out, you know, BS memes like they pushed out this week. Hey, they had three talented um, uh, coaches on their coaching staff that all became head coaches. Like, that's not the first time that has happened and not the last time it's happened. You know, I, I ideally, you know, that was 2013, so that's Mike Shanahan. He had a good eye for talent, right? Absolutely. So, I mean, he had a good eye and for McVay talent. stayed. You know, McVeigh yeah. was a uh, Bruce Allen guy, Bruce yeah. Allen, Jake, uh, John Gruden, Jake Gruden guy. Yeah. You know, you remember that piece they did a few years ago where he was, he called himself the third Gruden brother. They did like a whole yeah. thing of them with right. Jay, John, and um, uh, there was like a Monday night game. I right. think it was where we played against, I think it was like us and the Rams. And uh, mm. I think John had, maybe he had gone to the, or maybe it was the start of the season, but I remember seeing it like on ESPN. Right. And it was like, Hey, look at us palling around together. And you know, this is, this guy is going to be great for our organization and or mm -hmm. great for whoever. And I mean, nobody was going to take Kyle Shanahan here. Like <laughs> no. they were getting no. fired because of everything that happened around RG three right and 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 all the leaks and all the nonsense that was happening um and Sean McVay was like 4 years old so <laughs> i mean I he's mean, not even i mean he's not even 40 yet so i mean good god, god bless him yeah. you know I, 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 to have that level of success yeah um that you've already taken a team to the super bowl and you've got mm -hmm. another and, and now you're just loaded again and going back um mm -hmm. uh if they'd only had a quarterback man mm -hmm. it would be something yeah. Yeah. I just, I, I think when I see these things, I always kind of say to myself, like, kind of like, uh, you remember, I don't know if you ever watched the the office. I seem to watch it like every time on repeat. <laughs> uh, but, you know, when Ryan comes back to the office and he says, I'm going to take a note of everyone who treats me bad. So when I'm back <laughs> on top, I will crush them again. Right. And I kind of think like when I see nonsense like that, it's like, it's me with Ryan in the notebook. 
in the in right. his ITM where he's sitting there going, mm-hmm, okay. Right. But you know, what, you know, the thing about it was, it, you know, what was the relevance of pointing out that? Um, just to make us look stupid. Yeah, just to make us look stupid. <laughs> well, to me, like, I'm, and, and here's and the thing. Nobody I, was even here then. Like, the first time no. I was here then was, Ron, was uh, uh, Daniel Snyder. Yeah. Like, Everybody well, else that, is gone. Well, that was the that that was the uh, that was the, like the uh, low key dig at Dan Snyder. Oh, look at Dan Snyder yeah, letting all this talent like, go. Dum dum. Well, okay. Yeah, well, we all knew that. Yeah. All right, let's talk about this weekend. Bengals and Titans kick off Saturday. Uh, Bengals at Titans, and the Titans, of course, uh, coming off rest. Bengals, though, Joe Burrow's looking like uh, they they got some hotness. Is it the heir apparent to the AFC right there with Joe Burrow and the Bengals? What do you think? Uh, you know that uh, that Bengals offense is very, very, very scary. Jamar Chase has showed up, right? Yeah, People yeah. People were saying like, "Oh, he can't catch anything," and then he goes and becomes Rookie of the Year. Yeah, I mean the the thing about Joe Burrow, man, like that guy's a winner, man. That guy's a winner. He's got confidence. He's got a he's. He's got a lot of swagger. I mean, it's 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 not in your face like cocky. Well, I mean, but, he's got a, he looks good with that cigar. I tell you that much. I mean, yeah. pretty good look. Yeah, I mean, like then he's wearing the sunglasses. And then the you know mm-hmm. the, the media was like, "Well, is there any significance of why you're wearing the sunglasses?" He said, "Because they look cool." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, I feel like Joe Burrow's kind of like a low key nerd, like we all are. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. They look. I look good in these. Yeah. Yeah. And so I'm going to wear him. And, you know, and I think the thing, too, he's still young. I mean, this guy's only two years removed and winning a national championship. Yeah. I mean, he's not even 25 years old. So, yeah, he's being young and he's very talented. Uh, but I think as far as the game overall, like, I feel like if the Bengals can stretch the field and, you know, and really be aggressive offensively, I think they got a puncher's chance of going into Tennessee and beating Tennessee. And um, they, their offense is explosive. They can score from anywhere in the field. Um, I think that, um, you know, now if Tennessee, if, you know, if, if King Henry, um, uh, gets rolling, you know, with the ball control offense and, and the defense gets some stops, then it could be a long afternoon for Cincinnati. So, but for some reason, I don't feel like Joe Burrow is shrinking away from the moment. You know, he no. got his first playoff win oh, yesterday. Guy played in the yeah. national championship. Yeah. So child's play compared to I'm just. I'm just going to go out and I'm going to pick the Bengals. You know, I, I just going to like, I'm just going to go for a rural Bengals. Yeah. I think really comes, comes down to if the Titans can, um, if the Titans get running with King Henry, I think, I think the Bengals can't, can't stop it. Yeah. I mean, that that's a ball control, time control, everything mm-hmm. offense. If you're asking Ryan Tannehill to go out and, and throw a lot, that that's not good. No, 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 so, no. Yeah, I would tend to say, uh, you know, I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say Tennessee only because they've been here before, right? And I don't think the moment's too bright, and they're coming off rest, so yeah. those are two things. But I don't, I think if you're a Bengals fan, like I have a, a, a former uh, girl that used to work for me who was a uh, Bengals fan, and and literally she was crying on last weekend, and I, you know, saw her on her her uh, Instagram. And I, I just said, I'm so happy for them. So right. all my Bengals fans, friends, I'm just so happy for them because this has been a long time coming for them. Absolutely. Um, all right. So then in the evening, Saturday evening, we get treated to 
San Francisco and the Green Bay Packers. Packers coming off rest. And I uh, the Packers also beat the San Francisco 49ers earlier this season. Um, or maybe I'm maybe I'm thinking that wrong. Maybe it was the other way around. I think maybe Aaron Rodgers. I think it, it was a two-point game. I remember that. Um, let's see. It was. It was. Uh, actually, the Packers did win. Two-point game uh, in September of this year. So, rematch. I, I, I will never bet against Aaron Rodgers. I'll just say that. That's my pick. I, I love the San Francisco 49ers. I don't know they have got enough offense that can go up against Aaron Rodgers. So, yeah, I think I think that's what it boils down to is that, you know, like you know, again, Green Bay uh has a week of rest, you know, they've been able to, you know, lick their wounds. I mean, they got a grudge about what happened last year, you know, being so close to making the Super Bowl, not making it. You know, uh I I think that San Francisco's a tough team, but I think Green Bay pulls it out. Um as well. Um, I like to see San Francisco win. Um, cause, uh, I just, it would be, I think it'd be an, an exciting run, but I think that, um, uh, I got to go with, uh, green Bay yeah. in this matchup. Yeah. I, I think, I, I think that, um, we'll see what Trey Lance can do in the future right. in San Francisco. And maybe he adds a lot of spark to that offense. I mm-hmm. can see Jimmy Garoppolo ending up in DC, and I know that fans will probably revolt, riot. <laughs> <laughs> but maybe you go get a Jimmy G, and um, you, you you set uh, a Malik Willis behind him for a year. I don't know. Yeah, uh, that's not a bad move. So hey, you know, I mean, you try what we were thinking with um, Alex Smith. You never know. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So on Sunday, look. L.A. Rams against the Buccaneers. I mean, wow. I think that's going to be I, – I, I, I don't know how you feel about this one. I think it's going to come down to the health of the Buccaneers. Mm-hmm. Um, if the Bucks' offensive line is healthy, I think that the, they can withstand the Rams. But if there is any hesitation, if there's any injury, if there's anything whatsoever – I don't see how you can how you can pick them against the. I mean, the the Rams are loaded. They're like an all star team, even though they have five losses. I mean, up against you saw what happened in the second half, the Eagles versus the Bucks last week, and how Ryan Kerrigan came alive because mm-hmm. he was basically going up against you and me, <laughs> so an offensive uh, tackle. So I, I think I probably go with the Rams. Unless I know something different, uh, you know, it's, I think that'd be a game time decision, but I think you got to go with, I think the Rams may, may get it here. So interesting stat, uh, Tom Brady, and this is from a tweet from the uh, NFL Twitter account. Uh, Tom Brady has won nine straight divisional round playoff games. Well, yeah. You know, so, I mean, and it'll be that and most of them are with New England, of course. But again, you know, him being the signal caller is the consistent factor. You know, I, I'm going to be honest with you. I it, I mean, Tom, Tom's been playing lights out. I mean, he's I mean, he has put up the most passing yards this season. I think he's second in the NFL in touchdowns. Um, 
I mean, he's playing phenomenal football right now. I know the Bucs have some injuries and stuff like that, but uh, I know the Rams are talented and everything, and they have a lot of, you know, all-star players that you put out there. But I still think the Rams are streaky, you know? And I think that uh, until you give me a reason to bet against Tom, I'm not betting against Tom. So I'm going to go with the Buccaneers in the tight one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think the Rams, I mean... Look, Aaron Donald is fantastic. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, we'll see right. what happens. Um, and finally, we end the weekend with the Bills and Chiefs. And I think this is going to be wild because, I mean, look, I, maybe the Bills had their Super Bowl last week and they can't sustain it. But my gosh, they put on an offensive performance against the Patriots. And if, if this could be like, you remember that, that Rams and Chiefs game, like what was yeah. it, a couple Mondays, uh, a couple years like, ago, Monday like night, where years, it was like, like they ago. just kept scoring, and it was like yeah. nobody was playing defense. Mm-hmm. Could this be that game? Could we see like a 50, 50, 60, 70 point game, like uh, in the playoffs? That would be fantastic. I, I think it's 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 possible. I mean, I, 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 here's the difference I would say between Buffalo's offensive performance against the Patriots and Kansas City's offensive performance against the Steelers, right? Buffalo did what they did because that was like, you know, they have been the redheaded stepchild of the AFC East for 20 years, right? And for them to go out and play the New England Patriots in the playoffs and put Bill Belichick out of his misery and beat them like, you know, circus monkeys, you know, I think there was a, they, they exercised a lot of, you know, uh, Patriots demons that night and they, and, you know, it was great for their fans. Everyone was into it and everything like that. Going into Arrowhead and going up against that man, Patrick Mahomes and all the weapons that he has is a total different ball game. And, you know, Andy Reid is probably one of the best coaches along with his coaching staff of putting together a complex offensive game plan specifically designed to destroy you on, on the defensive side of the ball. So I think it's going to be a lot of points. I think uh, Josh Allen is the X factor. I think that um, because again, when he gets out of the pocket, either by running the ball or getting off schedule, he can create some problems for you uh, offensively. But if Kansas city can, can contains um, Josh Allen and I think if they maintain their their traditional level of explosiveness, I see Kansas City winning this game. Yeah, I don't know. I I think that uh, we may be seeing the heir apparent, possibly to the. I don't know. I mean, every time you think that the Bills, that the Patriots are done for, then they show up again and they get even better. So, yeah. um, but man, the Bills look so good. It's yeah. it's hard to pull against them. I, I, I even though the Chiefs, the Chiefs, you don't know what Chiefs you're gonna get. I mean, you remember when they played us? Like, yeah, going into that game, even the first half, like we kind of thought they were gonna get it. And I remember because I was, I was away from my birthday. I was down there in uh, Cancun, and I was <laughs> at a, a bar down in Cancun watching the game with a bunch of Chiefs fans. And it seems like every Chiefs fan was in that bar, and I'm sitting there in the first half, and they are just kind of losing it. Right. Mm-hmm. Like just like petulant teenagers. And I had to tell them, like I'm sitting back the lone Washington football team fan. And I just, I feel so foolish. And mm-hmm. I, and, and the, you know, so every time we do something good, I'm like, yay. And they're like, boo, that guy. And um, so at halftime I said, look guys, um, 
I've been a fan of my team for a long time and we've been bad a long time. And um, don't let this ruin your week. And so, and they're like looking at me like, what are you talking about? I'm like, don't let what happens today. It's just football. It's all good. And it, it, and sure enough, of course, you know, we threw up on ourselves and we lose the game. Uh, and, you know, and of course we embarrass ourselves by allowing <laughs> Jackson Mahomes to dance on the like memorial of Sean Taylor and, you know, all that, all the nonsense that occurred that day. And, um, and I just keep thinking to myself, like yeah, up until that point that the chiefs were bad and, and <laughs> up until that season, people were, I mean, their fan base was like, we should get rid of Mahomes and, and Mahomes, like, I think Jackson Mahomes was saying like, oh, the fan base here has gotten toxic. Mm-hmm. Um, even I think after that, like it just was really bad. So, and they only, <laughs> they only lost five games and yet the fans were turning against them. So I kind of think maybe it's time that they lose. Even though I love yeah. Patrick Mahomes, I hate Jackson Mahomes. He's trash, but I think it's time <laughs> for him to lose. I'll be pulling for the bills. Well, luckily, uh, Jackson Mahomes is not going to be throwing that rock on the, on the field of Patrick Mahomes. I don't care about him. I, I don't want to see him. Even, he'll be doing some TikTok dancing. Don't worry. He'll be up there in the stands TikToking and be bopping and skiddly scatting <laughs> or whatever, whatever they call it. What whatever the kids, the kids do? are doing these days. Whatever the kids are doing these days. All right. Anyway. So, so I put up uh, two tweets today uh, at hashtag DC Tweet Team, you know, asking – uh, folks to vote on which team both in the NFC and in the AFC do you think has the best chance of making it to the Super Bowl out of the four teams are playing. So on the NFC side, uh, the Packers are leading the way with 50% of the vote, uh, followed by the Rams, the Buccaneers, and then the 49ers. And then in the AFC, uh, leading with 43% of the vote, it is the Chiefs, then the Bills, then the Titans and the Bengals. So judging off what, you know, uh, followers of the DC tweet team uh, are thinking that it looked like it could potentially be the Chiefs versus the Packers in the Super Bowl, which would be a rematch of the first Super Bowl, which the NFL would totally salivate over with all the throwback imagery they could put behind that. So um, it'll be interesting to see what's happened. Uh, you know, in, in case- it, it would be wild. I, I, I mean, my thing is, I, even though I'm picking uh, Kansas City, I would not be surprised if Buffalo wins the game because they, um, you know, they kind of have that, you know, that kind of like they remind me of Clubber Lang and Rocky Three, where uh, he would chase Rocky all over the city of Philadelphia and talk about his wife and you know it's his time. That's how Buffalo kind of feels right now. So um, yeah, I, I don't know that there is. I think the Packers are buying away the favorite, I think, for the Super Bowl. Yeah. So if you had a Packers Bills Super Bowl, that would be wild. Well, um, Bills Bills Mafia in the Super Bowl. Oh, they, and, they are so great. And I hope yeah. they get it this time. Like yeah. they go five in a row and you just get your teeth kicked in like every single time. I mean, yeah. granted, it'd be nice to go there. Right. Washington. Which which um which um which uh, what do you think is the best matchup of the weekend out of the four games? I mean, the one I'll probably be watching mo- most intently would be that uh, Bills Chiefs, right? Bills Chiefs. I mean, I'll probably Sunday I'll I'll be glued, 
Because, I mean, yeah. I want to see what Matt Stafford, I mean, this is the first time Matt Stafford's won a playoff game in his yeah. entire career. I mean, um, one play, one playoff game versus 30 playoff victories, geez. seven Super Bowl championships, 10 Super Bowl appearances. I, I can't even count but how many. But they've got so many weapons. And and I kind of think, unfortunately, the Bucks are having, I mean, I think the, the Bucks are kind of fraying a little bit. Yeah, I think the whole Antonio Brown thing. I think you're seeing just injuries pile up. Kind of how Washington had had injuries that just yeah. kind of takes you down. And I, I I think the Rams have the ability to dominate. And so I, while Tom is amazing, Tom's terrific. Yeah, I I just I have a sneaking suspicion that maybe it's the Rams' turn, and maybe they're just gonna they're gonna they're gonna get one. Oh, I um, mean. Odell Beckham did look quite frightening on Monday night. I mean, he was doing some, I mean, I think Cooper cup kills you quietly, you know, you know, with what he's I mean, doing. They've got so many weapons. Yeah. I mean, they've got weapons for weapons. I mean, like I said, they're an all-star team. Yeah. So uh, Odell Beckham senior is probably the uh, exe- <laughs> NFL executive of the year. <laughs> <laughs> Hilarious. Yeah. All right. Well, I guess we will see what happens this weekend and then we'll talk about it next week. We'll probably get into some draft stuff. We'll be one week closer to finding out what our name will be. If you have any, do you have any other, um, any leans on that name? Do you think you're going to be the, uh, hissing cicadas or the, <laughs> the screaming lizards or any, anything? Uh, uh, you know what? I, 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 I got nothing, man. I, no. I tell you, I tell you what right now, man, it's like, I, I, you know, like this whole process is just kind of like, I, I don't even know what to, what to say, man. It's Here's just, what I want. I want, I wish we were playing football right now and not talking about a stupid name, but yeah. Yeah, that's what we're doing. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. I don't know what we're going to be. I warmed to commanders. I can't wait to go commando for commanders or whatever <laughs> will be like, I think that'll be exciting, but you know, hey, two, two, I, I think I mean, they've like, sucked me back in just when they, just when I was out, they, Suck me back in. I, I, I'm I'm slowly coming around to commanders. I mean, I definitely prefer that over admirals Ugh. or Otta or Sentinels, monuments. Admirals. Sentinels. I mean, you know, Mitch Mitch Tischler is like a huge proponent for the Sentinels. I've never heard anybody say Sentinels until he said it. And I, mean, I hate my, him for it now. I mean, I mean, my thing is, unless you're talking about the Sentinels and the X-Men, which were pretty cool, uh, I don't want to hear anything about Sentinels. I mean, uh, you know. Uh, uh, you're... <laughs> You're, not, you're speaking. You're speaking foreign language to me. I don't. Yeah, I, I let my nerd side penetrate the uh, podcast tonight. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> All right. So we'll find out what happens this weekend, and then we'll be back to you next week. And hopefully, we'll have something more to talk about. We'll get into the draft. We've got a lot of good draft stuff coming. Um, some Senior Bowl is on the horizon, and then we've got uh, um, the uh, Shrine Bowl. So we'll have some players there. And look. We need to talk about more than just quarterback. This team also needs a middle linebacker, also needs a little bit of help at, at offense. So maybe we'll try to break down um, some other positions because I'm sure everybody's going to get inundated with quarterback talk. So we'll have all offseason to cover it and um, can't wait to do it. So, yep. Until next time. Until next time.